I'm always loud. Says the man who vote, uh, who roots for Oklahoma, who barely squeaking by. <laughs> oh well, let's get into the word. Uh, uh, this morning, because uh, time-wise, we are pushing it. So we're going to be in Daniel 2.19 this morning. As you remember, Nebuchadnezzar has had a really bad dream. And, uh, you know, he has this dream staff that works for him, all the people who, who are supposed to be able to interpret this, uh, and, uh, which is great because he really needs somebody to interpret this dream because it's really disturbed him. Uh, but these interpreters can't do their jobs. Because he won't tell them the dream. And that's the way it works. You have a bad dream, you tell me the dream, I'll interpret it for you. That's how that worked for back then. So he plays a cat and mouse game with them and he gets very angry. And Daniel and his friends are rookies at this point. Uh, they're just now getting into the upper echelon of stuff. So, so Daniel gets wind of this when Arioch comes knocking at his door. You remember who Arioch is? He's the executioner. And Arioch basically says, I got you scheduled for, for execution. Would you like 9 o'clock or 11.15? You know, I mean, you're just trying to figure out what's going on. And Daniel finds out, he, he, he's figuring out what's happening. Daniel says, can you get me in to see the king? And he goes, I don't know. Let's try. And that's what they do. So Daniel actually makes it before the king, and he says, I have a God who can help. So this king is slightly amused with Daniel, and he gives them the night to do this. So Daniel went and found his friends and says, start praying. And really what they did, they stopped and they prayed. Because you and I both know that we would get busy, right? But he actually stopped and said, start praying. And Daniel's 19-year-old buddies are a role model for us when we hit a crisis to actually stop and pray. So let me quickly say again what I ended with last week. If you don't have someone to pray with, then you need to find someone. You need to find someone. Someone that, uh, you know, if you're male, find a male friend. If you're female, find a female friend. And start regularly play, praying together. So let's get into it. Verse 19. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision, and then Daniel praised the God of heaven. And we talked about last week, Daniel sat down, and he writes out a song to God. Uh, not only is he tal talented, he writes songs, uh, you know, and, um, and he's basically saying, don't just hate these guys. Um, you know, these guys are multi-talented here. You know, we, we, I, like, I can't believe he's up here playing you know, guitar and drums, and he has a pad keyboard going and all that. And I'm sitting there going, I wish I could do that. I had a conversation with him yesterday that uh, the Lord did not give me musical ability because I would try to do it all. And the Lord said, like, I don't want that. I don't want you doing it all, you know. Um, but, you know, Daniel's one of these guys, and he's multi-talented. And he, he sits down, and he says, praise be the name of the God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. Now, do you realize what Daniel's saying here? He lives in a country where they look out at the sky and they look at the stars and they, they, they try to read the sky. And it's supposed to have certain meanings when the sky looks a certain way, you know. Or, you know, or they look at animals and they look at seasons for signs of all their little gods. But our God is the God who, who changes the seasons. He's the one that discerns the future. And our God changes things here on earth. So global warming or global cooling, whatever, God is in charge, okay? Let's not forget that. It goes on, he says, he sets up kings and disposes them. We could spend all day in politics, but I'm not going to go there. 
Leave that alone for some other time. But he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. Sometimes the wise get wiser, and those who have knowledge get smarter when they go to God. And sometimes he just reveals stuff to us. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been there where, where you're just in the middle of something and God just reveals it to you? And you just, you just can't believe it. You're like, it was there the whole time. And God's like, yeah, I know, but you had blinders on. It goes on and says, he knows what lies in the darkness. It's not dark to God. It may be dark to us, but it's not dark to God. So we need to not be afraid of the darkness. And I'm not just talking about nighttime. I'm talking about this world is an evil world, isn't it? It's a dark world out there. Now we recognize that, but we shouldn't be afraid of it. He's not afraid of the darkness, and light dwells with him. Verse 23, I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. So by coming up with this song, Daniel demonstrates for us what we should do when we hit a difficult situation. Because right when God is working out the problem for us, we should get less busy. But our problem is we get busier. We're trying to solve the problem on our own. You know, God is, God is on it, so we need to take a Diet Coke break, right? Or a donut break. Or a coffee break for you, you know, more or less educated people, depending on how you look at it. But when we see evidence that God is on the problem, we need to take a break for a second. We need to step back from it. And sometimes around here, when things need to get decided on, people are going, why aren't they making a decision? Sometimes it's because we're waiting on the Lord. Just because, we, you know, just because we're waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that we don't recognize there's an issue or recognize there's a problem. And that's the same thing sometimes in our lives, uh, that when we recognize that God is doing something, we should pause for a second and say, look at that right there. That's God. That's not us. That's God solving the problem because our God is an amazing God. We should be praising God, and it keeps our egos in check. So the main point of Daniel 1 and 2 is that God gave Daniel wisdom and ability and knowledge. And the greatest of all human wisdom pales in comparison to our Lord and Savior. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It pales in comparison. The beauty of Daniel is this. He is already a talented guy, and he submits to God. He already has the foundation there but he still submits, and God does great things through him because of it. James writes about this in the New Testament. Daniel, you know, he asked for wisdom, and James tells us, am I on the, Lisa, you'll have to find the right slide for me. James, if, if it's even on there, sorry. James says to us, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So if you lack wisdom, what are you supposed to do? Ask the Lord. Some of us go, well, uh, he's kind of busy. My thing is really silly. My thing is really small. God's not really, you know, I'll just take care of it because I don't want to bother him. But God's sitting there going, no, I want you to come to me. But unfortunately, that is what many of us believe, but it is wrong because our Father is fully capable of multitasking. 
A good father is able to deal with multiple needs within the family at the same time. Now translate that to God. He can take care of all of us at once. And we forget about that. Unfortunately, many of us believe that we cannot go to God. At the same time, we gotta, we gotta recognize that he can, you know, he gives generously without fault. We think that he cannot, you know, that we cannot go to God and ask for help because we haven't talked to him for a while. Have any of you felt like that? Man, I've been so far away from the Lord that, that I, I, you know, I feel guilty, therefore I know he won't help me. But those are two different issues. Those are two different issues. One is that God wants to give us wisdom. He says, ask for wisdom and I will give it to you. So much so he does it generously. And, you know, so, so he can compartmentalize as well. So he will give us that wisdom when we ask for it and deal with the sin stuff later. Don't allow the devil to whisper in your ear because he does this. He does this well. Hey, you know what? You haven't done this for three months. You haven't talked to God for three months. You haven't tithed in so long. Or, or you know what? I know what you did, and you can't ask God for anything. Don't allow the devil to do that, because what the devil tries to do is isolate you. And you get isolated, and you walk away from the church. And the longer you spend away from the church, what happens? Yeah, you don't come back. We're seeing that through COVID, aren't we? A lot of people that we love, a lot of people we love aren't here. Why? Unfortunately, they got away. We need to entice them back. We need to go out there and, and say the Lord loves you, and we want you to come back. We want you to be here. So don't let the devil whisper in your ear. So we hang out with God, and he gives us the wisdom because he wants us to be wise in the ways of the Lord, not man. If you want to be worldly wise, I mean, there's plenty of places to learn, right? But to get godly wisdom, what do you have to do? You have to hang out with God. You have to hang out with God. Okay, verse 24. And you'll have to get to the, am I, is it there? Sorry, I'm all over the place today, I guess. Verse 24, then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for you. Now, Daniel, it's ironic. He saves not only his life, he saves all the lives of all the people he disagrees with that don't worship his God. He saves their lives too. I mean, he doesn't th agree with them theologically. Verse 25, Arioch took Daniel to the king uh, at once. I thought this is ironic that, that Daniel's friends were not with him. He just takes Daniel to the king. His friends' lives are on the line also, but they have to trust somebody to deal with it, and Daniel is. Have you ever been in that position where, where you had to trust someone else? Your life or your future was in their hands, and you just had to say, okay, Lord, I, 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 I got to get it over to them. Maybe it's a surgeon. Maybe it's a lawyer. Very difficult when the doctor says, you know, we could go this route, and, uh, or we could go that route, or we could do this, and this only has 70% chance, and, and that has 60% chance of working, and this has 80%, but it's, you know, but it's more risky, and you're like, uh, sure. He's like, no, I need an answer, and you're just like, sure, you know. You don't know which route to go. You have to trust, and you say, Doc, what do you want? What, you, what, what, what do you want to do? 
Verse 25, it says, Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, I've found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. Now, the funny thing is that Arioch takes credit for finding Daniel. Like Arioch's been out there searching for the, the one wise man that's going to be able to do this when he was actually going to him and, and ready to uh, execute him, right? <laughs> and he takes credit for it. He probably wants a finder's fee or something, you know? I've found the man. You're lucky I'm on your team. He doesn't, uh, it, what's funny about Daniel is he doesn't contradict Arioch in front of the king. Interesting. How many times have you cut somebody down in front of somebody else? Undercut them. Daniel doesn't do that. He's wise. Verse 28, the king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in the dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter or magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has about. They weren't lying to the king. All these other guys who couldn't do it, they weren't lying to him. Daniel's basically saying, you shouldn't have threatened them. Why'd you do that? No man has the ability to do this. But there is a God in heaven, verse 28. Now remember in chapter 1, we got, but Daniel purposed in his heart. Daniel decided, this is how I'm going to be. This is how I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to treat people. And in chapter 2, we get, but God. And the rest of the book, we're going to get, but God. So in order for the problem to be solved, first we need to talk to the God that I serve, king. And that's what he's saying. He's going to the king saying, i got to talk to my God first. And, and where is this God? He's like, this God is in heaven. He's the chief God. He's, he's the number one God. In fact, he's the only God. There's no God here on earth. Remember, these guys look to the heavens for their gods. So Daniel says, hey, there's a God up there, and he is the one who reveals mysteries, the scriptures say. Now, did you notice he doesn't reveal God's name here? He doesn't tell him, oh, my God's called Yahweh or Jehovah, or my God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He doesn't call him the God of my fathers, even though he just wrote that in a poem or in a song to God. Since he is talking to Nebuchadnezzar, he refers to, to, to God in a way that just piques his interest. A God in heaven, huh? Okay, tell me a little bit more about this. And this is what's so amazing about Daniel. Is the same way, uh, you, know, you know, in the same way here, uh, he, he adjusts. You know, some people are like, well, I'm just straightforward, so I'm just going to say this. Or they say, I just don't beat around the bush, so I just say it. You know, you see, but Nebuchadnezzar is not interested in God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He conquered them. So he feels that his God is superior because he conquered them anyway, right? So he doesn't want to hear that. So when we go out and we share Christ with others, we need to do it, in the, we don't need to do it in the same way with every single person, right? Some people need that in your face. Let me tell you who God is. Other people need, need to be loved into the kingdom, right? And other people, you got to go to them on an intellectual level and talk about them. The Holy Spirit uses that. It's amazing how many different things the Holy Spirit will use to draw people to him. And this is what's so amazing about Daniel is he knows who he's talking to. He even changes it based on, on who he's talking to. It reminds me of Paul in the New Testament. 
We tend to talk to everybody in the same way and expect them to adjust to us instead of us adjusting to them. Now, I'm not saying be fake, okay? I'm not trying to say that. Be genuine with your personality and so forth. But sometimes we can adjust depending on who we're talking to. Nebuchadnezzar's not interested in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when we go share Christ, we don't do it in the same way. So Daniel says, there is a God in heaven. And Nebuchadnezzar says, yeah, there's a bunch of gods. And he goes, no, 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 no. You don't, you're not getting it. There's one God in heaven here. But he doesn't say that. He just makes this really cool statement, knowing the king would be interested. Now, another thing I noticed here is that Daniel could be, you know, he could really set himself up here, right? Well, king, you know, I, <laughs> I'm the only one that can do this. You know, get that voice going and all that kind of stuff. I'm your answer, man. Yes. What are you going to give me? You know, that whole thing. Let's negotiate here. But Daniel doesn't do that, you know. Before I tell you, can we discuss a few things? He doesn't. Can my buddies and I get a, you know, get out of jail free card for later that we can use? You know, but Daniel doesn't think that way. And in chapter 3, we're going to think he should have thought that way, you know. So he goes on, he says in verse 28, he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dream and your visions that pass through your mind as you lay on, on your bed are these. As you were laying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mystery showed you what is going to happen. Verse 30 is, for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I'm greater uh, or I have greater wisdom than any other living man, but, uh, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that it, you may understand what went through your mind. He is saying, I'm not as smart as you think I am that I've figured this out. It has been revealed to me by God uh, that you need to connect with. And God is trying to connect with you. In the middle of the night, he rang you up. He called you. And he finally got through, and it was in a different language. Have you ever done this where you've answered the phone and somebody's talking in a different language, and you're like, I, 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 do you under, and then you get really loud. Do you understand? You know. Well, that's what Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, that's what God and Nebuchadnezzar are doing. God called him up, but it's a different language than, than he's ever spoken. So Daniel says to the king, I'm not that special. This is between you and God, and I just happen to be around to help here. And the king will want to bow down and worship Daniel a little later from here. And Daniel, from the very beginning, says, no, 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 this is not me. Don't worship me. Worship God. Worship the God in heaven. He's the one. And Daniel will take a promotion, but he makes it clear that all the stuff that happens is from God. Couldn't you imagine that? You're, you're brought in, you're supposed to give a, present, a presentation to a company somewhere. You know, some big wigs have flown in. I, I know, to Tulare. I, I know, I know. But they've flown in here, and, and you get up, and you get your best presentation voice on, and, and, and you're like, okay, this is going to be a good one, okay, guys? Just good morning, everyone. Can, can you hear me? Not, not, you know, 
Is the mic working? You know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, I have a, a PowerPoints and handouts for you. Did everybody get the handouts? Good, good, good. Uh, can we get some more over there? Okay, I, I know that, that you've heard of me, and I'm an expert in this field, but, less, uh, but listen, before we get started, I want you to understand something. This all came to me last night, and it just showed up on the computer. I didn't do any of this. None whatsoever. And I just need to say that before we begin. And all your jaws are going to drop on the floor, and you're going to be, you know, falling over, and, and you'll want to give me a promotion, and I will take it. But before you know this, I, I want you to understand, before I impress you beyond belief, I need you to understand this. No, 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 I'm serious here. I need you to understand this. I was kind of sleepy last night, so I didn't even prepare, and this just all showed up. That'd be amazing, right? This is what God is doing with Daniel. God is trying to get Nebuchadnezzar's attention through a dream. And God could have used any method he wanted to use, but he used this for Nebuchadnezzar because they worship dreams. It tells them about things, and they worship the stars. He, he's sitting there going, somebody's got to figure this out because Nebuchadnezzar already believes in dreams, so it's simple. God is going to take something that this powerful man already believes in, and he's going to work it through the channel because our God is such an amazing God. It reminds me of Moses and Pharaoh. He uses all sorts of ways to talk to us, right? So if you're into mathematics, guess what? If you think math is the answer to all the world's problems, God is going to speak to you through mathematics, and it's going to blow your mind. If you're into creation and you love to go hiking, you love to go to the ocean or the mountains, then God is going to speak to you through those things. And all you have to do is listen. Now, I'm not saying that God is, you know, the ocean. Is in like, you know, we worship the ocean. I'm not trying to say that at all. What I'm trying to say is that he is the creator and he will talk to us in ways, whichever, you know, whatever, whatever ways that will connect with you. Are you into cooking? Then God can speak to you through cooking. I, I know it sounds weird, but it's an amazing thing that, that there are all these different types of uh, tastes and foods out there. And, and you will realize he doesn't just provide, he makes it interesting. He could make it all manna all the time, right? The Israels did that for a long time. They were very happy when they got to eat something else, right? God wants us to have outside interest. But he also wants us to uh, have interest in our work, and God will speak to us during those hours if we will listen. Okay, well, Daniel and his friends, they prayed. God came through with them through three different ways. Knowledge, wisdom, and ability. Three very important ways that are very different from one another. It, it's great to have knowledge, but if you don't have the right knowledge, it'll get you in trouble, right? I know enough about electricity to get myself in trouble. I can do little things. You ask me to do something complicated, I'm like, uh, we might need to check with somebody on this, you know? It's great to have the knowledge, but you've got to have the right knowledge or it turns into a mess.
See, Daniel goes beyond what he uh, goes beyond that because he goes into wisdom. He keeps using the word wisdom in the scripture. And, and what he's saying is that, he, that God gave him the knowledge and also God gave him the wisdom. See, wisdom is the correct usage of that information. Wisdom sorts through all the different knowledge, all the different things in your brain and says, now's the time to use that. Or this is how you should use that. And it's so important because we live in this information age, right? It's the reason why I ask people not to send me or not to forward emails to me. Uh, you know, I used to get all this all the time. You know, Diet Coke, you know, they use the same ingredient in Diet Coke as they do in Ant Killer. Okay? Now, let me tell you, guess what? It is true. Absolutely 100% true. But the thing is, I would have to drink 20,000 Diet Cokes in one month for months on end to get the same amount into my body that they use in Ant Killer. Okay? So knowledge is one thing, but wisdom is something completely different, right? And why people, I, I guess we've finally gotten past the, the email age where people don't forward stuff as much as they used to, and I'm, I'm very happy about that, you know. Now we just tweet it out or we text it out. I don't know. But, uh, but you know, we have to be wise in how we use the knowledge that we gain. Because there's kernels of truth in a lot of things, but it doesn't mean we have to use it. Now, this is a really dumb example to illustrate this, but let me bring it into a serious situation. So it'll mean something more. When we gather knowledge and we think we have the answer for something, we need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm done with my researching. This is the part where wisdom comes in. Lord, give me the wisdom. Knowledge is great and it's crucial, but knowledge without wisdom just piles up truckloads of building materials without the plan to build the house, right? <laughs> now, the third part of this is ability. Daniel praised God for giving him knowledge, wisdom, and ability. Ability is accuracy, you know, uh, or being adequate at something and being competent about something. Uh, ability is knowing what to do with the knowledge and the wisdom, this is where you can actually act upon uh, things in a way that's beneficial to you. It's not just about being smart. You can have a really high IQ and still be dumb in many things, right? I used to live up in the Bay Area, Livermore, right next to Lawrence Livermore National Lab. I had a lot of friends that have doctorates. And I can tell you, some of them were great, and some of them knew how to use all the knowledge. They had the ability, the wisdom, and all that. And some of them were just dumb to the world's ways, Right? Lacked common sense and many different things. Now I'm ragging on, on, but there's other people that have all the ability in the world and have no wisdom and no knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Um, so don't let me, yeah, don't, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll just move on, you know. But there's a lot of ways to show you how, how intelligent you are, but it doesn't mean a lot unless you use it right. See, Daniel's a great book for us to understand the wisdom and knowledge and ability thing. Daniel is one of the few historical figures in the Bible who never let us down. You know, we all like to relate to, uh, uh, to Peter in the Bible and many others that screw up because we're sitting there going, okay, I, I know where my screw-ups are. I know where I mess up. But Daniel is one of these guys, you don't really see a negative word about him in the Scriptures. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Now, did he mess up? 
I'm sure he did, but it's not in here. It's amazing to me. He never let us down. You can also read about the, uh, or in the book that, that Daniel probably had with him in Babylon um, other scriptures called Proverbs and Psalms and Ecclesiastes. It's amazing to me that Daniel sat down and would read the same scriptures that I get to sit down and read. That's how amazing our God is, that over all this time I can read the same words. Now, albeit in, in English versus the Hebrew, but still, it's amazing. So we go, okay, God, I have this problem. What should I do? And God says, I am trying to develop you, you know, in your well-rounded wisdom. So I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm not going to give you the solution right, right away. Because God wants to develop in us a muscle of wisdom. We receive knowledge and we pray for the wisdom of how to use it. And as we do that on a daily basis, you need to ask God for the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You need to ask God to use your knowledge and your wisdom with love, with joy, with peace, with kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, all the attributes that Christ had of knowing when to be a little more stern, straightforward, knowing when to, to give that knowledge with, with kindness or patience. Oh, man, does it bug you when you're sitting there going, okay, come on. You should be getting this by now, right? Oh, and you have to go, Lord, give me that patience. I need it. Because if we combine these things with the knowledge, then we become more Christ-like than we are on our own. So we go to God and say, Lord, I don't want to just be smart. I want to be wise. And here's the question of the week for you. What is the difference between being smart and being wise? That's a good question to ask as you, as you go off in this week because they're not even close to the same thing. What is the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Because I know a lot, like I said earlier, I know a lot of people are really smart that aren't that wise. And I know a lot of people are really wise that aren't that smart. That's a God thing. They get it from God. We have so many different challenges in this life. Imagine if we really took this to heart. Imagine if we said, God, I want to be more like you. Give me the fruit of the Spirit as I live my life on an everyday basis. To not only know the facts, but be wise in using them. Because biblical wisdom is an accurate knowledge of the correct facts blended with self-control, awareness of timing, you know, persistence and experience, and knowing group dynamics of when to say something and when to keep that trap shut. You ever known somebody that, that had the correct thing, but they would just say it in the middle, of the, and you're sitting there going, oh, that was a wrong time to say that. Yeah. Do you know that wise people have meltdowns? They do. They're just wise enough not to do it in front of you. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Wisdom knows when to do it. Wisdom knows when to delay gratification or, or you know, controlled and ill-timed impulsive behavior. When you were nine years old, you were impulsive, weren't you? Some people were. Some people are a little more reserved. But when you're 39, maybe that's not as <laughs> okay as much, right? Yeah. 
you know, we have to think about is the Holy Spirit talking to me today? Because we like to look around the room and say, man, I hope the Holy Spirit is talking to them. Some people are like, how dare you, Alan, talk about impulsive behavior? Well, great. Let my life be an open book to you. That's what I try to do. I try to be the same here as I am at home. I try to be the same with you as I am with my kids. And some of you are like, oh boy, that's interesting then, you know. But I try to let my, my life be an open book to others to show how God is dealing with me to see how God might deal with you. These words are just as much for me as they are for you. Daniel's wisdom was not so much a learned and a book wisdom. He developed it in his relationship with God because Daniel played for an audience of one. One. He wasn't playing it for everybody else. At the end of the night, he laid down going, okay, Lord, did I do, did I do it right? Because you're the one that I'm living for. See, we know that Daniel did not let circumstances control his behavior because we know that he's playing, paying, or playing to that higher audience. And we know, and he knows that, that God, you know, his God is, is pleased with him. He knows that. And this is where we've got to be because we live in Babylon, don't we? We live in a place that is, that is just so out of control. All you got to do is turn on the TV. It's time for us to put on the armor of God. It's time for us to ask for wisdom and, and, and how to deal with situations. And it's time for us to stop fooling around. It's time for us to stop making you know, excuses for immature or foolish behaviors on our part. You know, it comes, comes a point where my mom had to tell me, no, 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 you're not getting away with that that way again. You should know that by now. Why? Because I've told you a hundred times. So you're not going to get away with it. And sometimes God says, you're not going to get away with it anymore. I've told you, I told you. So it's time for us to stop making those immature excuses for our sinful behavior. Because if we don't stop making excuses we get assimilated into Babylon. And I dare say that some of us already are. We don't know the difference between knowledge and wisdom. We don't know the difference between godly ways and the world's ways. And certainly people may be around you that don't know that you're even a Christian because of those things. And this is why it's so important. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to enter into our lives to a point where it affects others. It brings them closer to God, where at some point they say, okay, now, I'm intrigued about the God that you're talking about here. Tell me more, as the king does. Speaking a language that they understand to the point where they're inspired and ready to go, okay, tell me more, tell me more. Let's pray. Lord, so often we try to solve problems on our own. We're out there flailing around, uh, around like a fish out of the water. When your Holy Spirit is the water, you are the living truth for our lives, Lord, and I pray we start to rely on you, that you become the one that we go to to say, answer this problem. Give me this answer. Help me apply it in this life so I can bring others with me 
so that we can make, uh, so that we can go beyond the life beyond in heaven with you. Because it is all about your glory, God, and not me. And I pray that we learn that through this book of Daniel. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine down upon you. May this week, when when you ask for wisdom, may his face shine upon you and give that to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.